Veterinary staff have always struggled when it comes to pathways for promotion. This week, we're going to speak with an innovative veterinary practice who is doing something to elevate veterinary nurses. This week on The Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine and historically in veterinary practices. The role of a veterinary technician has been limited in scope for advancement. I mean, let's be honest. Most of the times the vet techs at best became like a tech manager. So what can we do? How can we promote progression within the profession? What can we do to elevate our veterinary technicians. This week, we've got a very special guest to tell you a little bit about what they're doing. But before we get into all of that, as always, I am one of your co-hosts, Dr. Ernie Ward. And I'm registered veterinary technician, Becky Mosser. And today's guest is a new friend of mine who I'm excited to introduce you guys to. Honestly, um, what he's up to and who he's working with is already a hot topic of conversation across the veterinary technician board. So I'm excited to um, introduce you guys today to one of the masterminds behind this new elevation movement by Bond Vet. And um, today we've got Jesse Longo. He is the medical operations partner at Bond Vet. And like I said, one of the brilliant minds behind this veterinary nurse advancement initiative. And so, Jesse, we're super excited to have you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I'm super excited to be here, Becky, Dr. Ernie. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Jesse, tell us where you're talking to us from today. I'm talking to you from Manhattan, New York City, uh, down in the tundra right now. <laughs> in the tundra. Now, Jesse, are you from the city? Are you from New York? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I moved down to the city about four or five years ago, originally from upstate New York, Rochester. Uh, ah, so yeah, yeah. Up there, yeah. You know a little bit about cold weather and snow, my friend. Yes, it's we are basically Canada all the way up there. So. <laughs> well, Jesse, one of the things, you know, anytime we have an LBT on our show who has really risen to some prominence and, you know, when we're going to talk about the company that you're working for and so forth, but just maybe explain to the Viewfinder family, you know, how did you become an LVT? Of course, so I started my path in veterinary medicine, uh, similar to a lot of LVTs, as a kennel attendant um, years ago. At a, at a GP kennel facility where I kind of didn't even know what a technician necessarily was or what their role was, um, but introduced uh, to a few of the colleagues there that really made me fall in love with what this position was. I originally went to school to be a history teacher, so uh, oh. definitely a, a change of path there, but I really just fell in love with um, the reward that you get from working through a case and working with um, such passionate people, um, started there. Went on to work at uh, emergency specialty clinic um, in in the area, uh, as well as some high volume spay neuter, um, low cost uh, clinics around there as well. Um, just kind of trying to get as much exposure into uh, all the different types of practice that exists, um, specifically in in small animal uh, cats and dogs. I did a little bit of uh, experimenting with exotics, but honestly, they just terrify me. So <laughs> I really, I, I think the the idea of uh, seeing all aspects of, of this medicine is really important to me. Once I uh, spent a lot of time up there, I moved down here to work 
um, at the ASPCA hospital in uh, Manhattan to, again, like further that uh, kind of critical care ER aspect that I really fell in love with when I worked at a specialist. Um, and of course, you really can't get more passionate than the, the, the folks that are working at the ASPCA. Um, it was really great to kind of be there and learn from them um, and kind of build the technician that I am today. Yeah. And Becky uh, is ASPCA, you know, she volunteers with them so that you have just struck a chord in all of our hearts and many of our listeners as well. But Jesse, one thing you just said there kind of intrigued me a little bit. You went to school to study to become a history teacher. Did you ever actually work in the classroom or did you stop your education and then go and pursue LBT? How how did that work out? Yeah. So um, I kind of had a, a moment there where I wasn't really sure um, if this was something I wanted to continue doing. I didn't necessarily uh, ever get to a part where I was teaching, um, but I did stop my, my practice uh, in, in that field and eventually came on to just trying to take uh, a different course and, and seeing what opportunities were there um, for me in anything, really. I, I had the idea of becoming a teacher for like my entire life. And as I started in that field and spoke to more people and saw um, saw what like kind of, it just wasn't the right fit. It didn't feel like something that I really had had the passion behind or wanted to really burn into uh, what would become like, I mean, a job ends up being a lot of your personality. And I think that that um, for me was something that I wanted to continue having fun doing and learning. Well, you know, Jesse, two things there impressed me. Number one, your desire and love and passion for teaching others. I mean, being an educator, I mean, I think that was probably a kernel of your being, if you will, that was sort of trying to express itself. Obviously, you felt like, hey, maybe this teaching human, little human people is not my thing. So you wound up finding your way to the vet world. And let me ask you about that, because you know, you have now ascended to where, where you help other veterinary technicians, you train other veterinary technicians, you are, you're innovating for veterinary technicians. I mean, is this still just an expression of your desire to teach and educate? Absolutely. Um, I think as a technician and, and being in the space, medicine is ever evolving and you're constantly learning so, so much. So it, that's, of course, what drives me a lot, um, especially in this position now, uh, being able to provide opportunities for our technicians to learn more, um, constantly kind of growing and uh, innovating in the space is is so important. So, absolutely, I love teaching, and I think that a lot of our a lot of nurses uh, really really enjoy that as well. Okay, so you graduate, you become an LVT, you're working at ASPCA in, in Manhattan and so forth, and then a new opportunity comes about. And tell us a little bit about your recent employment with Bond and these vet clinics that are popping up in in New York City and explain to us sort of what you're trying to do there. For sure. Um, I So Bond was something that I, I was looking for a change and I wanted to continue kind of going down this path in, in veterinary medicine. I had, um, I think every technician comes to a point um, that I know I spoke with this about Becky previously, but every technician kind of comes to a point where they, um, want to either continue on, uh, in the field, or you kind of feel that burnt out feeling. Uh, I don't like using the term too much, but I think that you, you do feel that like what's next for me. Right. Um, and, and bond, uh, really when I have, uh, applied initially have only been open for about a month, uh, this was, uh 2019. Um, and they had a promise really of something that was, to me, too good to be true. Uh, a place that kind of um, fostered that that environment of empowerment and 
and employee staff appreciation and, and engagement um, that you're always looking for um, in your role as a technician. So I really, I really was drawn to that and I really wanted to speak more with them. So I, I, I reached out um, and was able to speak with uh, Dr. Zayer, our chief veterinarian, um, and her, her message and her, uh, her mission was like resonated with me wholly. Um, I've experienced, I've worked in so many different environments with so many different um, vet professionals. And I, I see the impact that the change that Bond is creating will have. And that is um, creating a space that feels both rewarding from a medical perspective, but also engaging from a professional one. And viewfinders, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, this is Bond Veterinary Clinics. Uh, there are, I think there are four now in New York City, I guess primarily around like Manhattan, but I don't know the geography that well. So Jesse can help us with that. But I think there are four clinics and they are looking to expand. And so they're now saying, hey, look, you know, what can we do to attract and retain and promote and support the best veterinary technicians. And that's really, I think, Becky, what we're so excited to talk about today. Yeah, I mean, this is, like I said, what's all a buzz on um, Facebook everywhere. And, and it's been kind of delightful to watch because Jesse and I had a conversation right before the press release um, happened. And we, we talked about what this looked like and the importance of the model itself and the opportunity and kind of what coming out and doing this is going to say to, um, you know, the rest of the profession. So, um, so everyone's talking about this, Jesse, everyone's excited. <laughs> um, and, and I hate to say it because it comes out as, um, why can't we all do this? It's like a dream. It's a unicorn. Is this for real? <laughs> Well, Becky, before we even get into that, talk about the press release, because not everybody on the Viewfinder family got to read the press release or saw the Facebook post. So tell us a little bit about, Jesse, what you guys announced. Yeah, so we announced uh, our nurse elevation program, um, which is something that was kind of the brainchild of uh, the passions behind Dr. Zay and and kind of she always had this idea of a, a roadmap, essentially, for nurse elevation in a, in a clinic and what that looks like. Um, a very tangible, uh, hard copy of your, of, of your kind of your path in, in a clinic um, from coming on as a, a brand new green out of school technician to um, a really sought after and um, well-trained lead or, or senior technician. Um, the, the, the fact that we kind of were able to create something that uh, was wholly um, some, uh, uh, an item to only like push our staff forward uh, was was really fantastic. I, once we started talking about it, um, everyone's brain started turning. And uh, I, again, at Bond, we, we really try to encapsulate what it's like to be in a collaborative environment. Um, so we had so many people put input and everything into it, but um, it really was something that we were, were, were very proud of uh, to kind of put out there and, and, and make real. Tell me a little bit about the why. Like, what was the background? Uh, what was the conversation around, hey, we need to prioritize this? Um, so we we really, I mean, of course, being a, a technician, one of the things that we've seen uh, in our field is that kind of the lack of transparency when you come into a new job and you see you, you hear the opportunity of growth, um, competitive wages, things like that. Um, but it's, it's not too often that you get to see 
where you get to experience the the true um, fruits of your labor, uh, of what efforts you're putting into, or kind of the, a direction, a clear direction of where to go um, uh, with certain skills or what you want to work on. It's 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 not always um, super clear. So we wanted to really create a very clear. Um, again, roadmap to how, how you can advance with us at Bond, how you can advance personally, professionally, um, and, and medically uh, with your training and your skills. So we really wanted that to be in the forefront of our program. We're trying to be as transparent with um, our new hires and, and anybody interested. Um, I mean, it's kind of unheard of for a company to literally pr like publish their, uh, their compensation bands, essentially, um, and be uh, really in the forefront of, okay, this is what kind of we, we expect and we, we want our nurses to kind of build into. So let me, I, let me, I want to jump right on that actually, because it's the conversation most people are, are having, and it seems to be what they're the most excited about. And it's what people say is bare minimum. And I read a couple comments that made sense to me when people said, basically, you want me to disclose to you all of my information. You want my resume, my experience, even maybe my references. But you aren't indicating to me if this is a job I even really want because I don't know the salary. I don't know the benefits. I don't know, uh, like you said, the roadmap or my, my ability to advance within the company. And then sometimes if you ask those types of things in an interview, you're perceived as being a little pushy. You already want to take over, right? And, mm -hmm. and it's like, no, I, I just really want to know, can I grow here? I don't want a glass ceiling. And a lot of times I think we can feel like we have one. So the transparency is what people were talking about, not to mention the fact that it's, it's a very fair wage. And, and unfortunately, in our, in our field, it seems like an unheard of, amazing, very high wage. And the truth of the matter is, is this is a living wage, right? Like you pay very well, don't get me right. wrong, but so many people need to probably pay a lot better than they do. And so that's the conversation. So tell us a little bit what this roadmap looks like and um, kind of how a technician, um, you know, kind of give us the press release in an elevator pitch. Yeah, we want the details, Jesse. <laughs> Of course. So the, the elevator pitch, um, it is, as I mentioned before, a, a plan and a guide for you to come in as a technician with us, uh, completely green, having all of the, the knowledge and, and little kernels of what's going to become your, your skill set as a technician, um, and trying to foster that growth um, through engaging CEs, um, internal practices that we have, um, where we have technicians kind of creating training materials um, constantly. We have one, uh, ones that are coming from backgrounds of dentistry or, or dermatology or nutrition that really have a passion behind it. And we're giving them the tools to um, kind of create these trainings um, to, to put into perspective what we think is important um, for our clients and our pet parents to, to really uh, take home with. Um, and of course, filling out the, the gaps in our knowledge when we come from specific backgrounds of ER or GP, um, because we are an urgent care wellness facility, we have a mix of that. So a lot of um, what we wanna do is make it so no one feels like there are gaps in their knowledge, there are gaps in their skill set. Um, so when you're coming on to us, you'll, you'll see that it kind of starts a little bit general, um, talking about client communication and how to deal with uh, new puppy talks, new kitten talks, how to, how to have those tougher conversations with, um, with 
either the owners or even your peers um, when it comes to uh, maybe like grief management and things of that sort. But I think we, in school, we have a, a rough understanding and definitely through practice, we're able to get um, our own kind of skill set laid out. But the ability to have uh, a group of people to ask these questions with, to, to sit and have these conversations and to really think about them and craft your own um, background and, and study on it is, it was really important to us. We want everybody to always feel that empowerment through learning. Um, so even all the way through to our, our lead and senior positions um, where you're more going into leading a team of technicians or, or helping lead our, our medicine um, with our medical directors, with our associate veterinarians um, to, to find what gold standard is for us. And, and always what's, I mean, medicine again um, is constantly innovating. I think the vet space is one that tends to think about this is going to be too much time, too much money to implement, too many, I don't have as much resources, but honestly, the people on our own team, when we look internally, are motivated uh, to really look in and dive into those types of things. So giving them the resources and opportunities to kind of lead projects, create trainings, and do all of that is really important to us for their growth and opportunity. Boom, right? Like, I, I, and we'll end it there. <laughs> I don't even know really what to follow that up with. So... Other than, I guess, how is this possible? So I think there's so many folks out there who are probably saying, well, yeah, sure, fine. You're, you know, you have four hospitals. It's a lot easier. You have all these people. Um, can this be done on the smaller level? Like, what is your advice for those GP practices who wish they could do this but feel like they can't based on size and resources? Of course. So, I, I mean, we started uh, as such a small team. Uh, our our, what our current medical operations team does not look like what it did when I, I started in this role. So it really is still kind of um, so, so small. I think what's really important is to create uh, a collaborative environment. One that like, again, using your resources of your, of your staff members because they have the experience and insights that, that you, may, um, you may not even think to look. It's right under your nose. Um, the really brilliant ideas. I think that was part of what Bond's mission was early on. When we had uh, team meetings, we made sure that everybody um, everybody participated in some way. Speaking, um, we used to throw around an idea pillow or like uh, that we would throw to each staff member to even if they haven't had an idea or it's the craziest thing um, to start implementing that crazy idea, maybe something that um, helps either our patient care or our staff empowerment and growth um, that we could potentially do. I think that, that um, you have to be flexible. You have to be open to all of these things in order to really grow. Okay, so one other thing, Jesse, that has been talked about a lot since you made your announcement is the use of the term nurse. Now, we've covered this many, many times on the Viewfinder, but I want to kind of get your take on the usage of that word. Was it deliberate, intentional? What was the intention? If so, so explain to us why you call it the nurse elevation program. Of course, this is the, I knew this question was coming because it is one of those um, topics in our field where it, it's, I mean, there are whole initiatives wrapped around it. So our idea um, behind using the, the term nurse, uh, it, it is deliberate, but it's also to us kind of like a no brainer. Um, our, our staff, provides constant um, uh, pushing of, of veterinary nursing and things things of that nature. So to acknowledge them in that way and to, and to 
there is so much weight behind that title. Um, and of course, it being a protected term, there is that kind of ruffling of feathers. But quite honestly, in order to make change, there, there would, you, you have to kind of ruffle those feathers for, for it to come true. Um, and I think that uh, our decision behind that and sticking to that it, it is one that we're sticking to our team. Um, we're, we're putting our team on that pedestal of they have the skills, they have the training behind them, um, asking them to be simply a tech um, does not encapsulate the uh, trainings of an anesthetist, a nutritionist, a behaviorist, all of the things um, that come together in the head of a technician. Um, I mean, my parents thought that I was working on anesthesia machines when I first started. Uh, I right, didn't right. necessarily know that I was like practicing medicine with, with a team of really um, skilled and talented people. Um, so super important to us to, uh, to, to make that stand. And I think, again, um, we knew it would come with, with some, some of that uh, questioning, but um, it's important to us that we stick by it. Well, you know, you certainly won't get any disagreement from Becky and myself. We are strong supporters have been since the beginning. What I would challenge you to do, though, is to actually get involved and, and support NAFTA and others that are working on not only just the naming, but the, the credentialing and, and the requirements and so forth. I mean, New York State, Becky, it's a really tricky state. So yeah. let's get politically involved. You know, I mean, if you guys are really serious about using this term and this is something we've issued this challenge to everyone who is out there using this term because we we want to make sure that we don't that we don't just use it for marketing and for self-promotion because Becky and I uh, and Becky I'm speaking for you a little bit but yeah. you know, we, we believe strongly that this is part of the change that's necessary if we're really going to do right by our veterinary support staff the nomenclature the credentialing the requirements the regulations really have to change so please get involved politically especially there in New York since that's where you guys are of course yeah the the VNI is something that I've been following so closely um, since I really became an, an LVT and, and learned about like what all other countries are doing and, and kind of where all, even all the other states in our, in our own country um, think about when it comes to credentials and, and the nomenclature around there. But absolutely, I, I, I will accept that challenge, of course. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and we might know a few people you could uh, get in touch with. Becky, am I right? <laughs> and we might, we might have. Well, Jesse got an email from me this morning that said it, it's got basically like, now you know me, here come the requests. So exactly. um, yes. involvement won't be an issue from here on out. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is we need more folks like you, Jesse, out there being innovative and speaking as an innovator, but also having the experience behind it. One of the most important things is saying, this is what we've got to do on our floors. This is what we have to do to represent servant leadership, not just within our four walls, but within our profession. I know I'm grateful for what you're doing. I'm grateful for these conversations. I'm grateful for BondVet. I'm not going to lie. I'm a sellout, you guys. Uh, they sent my pets some some goodies and my 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 pets were grateful for for their swag so uh oh go check out my instagram where the beanie they sent me was up against a catnip treat and you can get some serious footage of podcat getting into my beanie so i mean i just really love um what you guys are doing again i think we have to humanize the profession um with our clients but also with our staff and and teaching our staff to 
know that they're going to have a way to grow, um, and to have a recognized system. Like so often we see this bitterness within professions um, when there is an advancement, when there is a promotion, because maybe there isn't a clear path. And so when you create that path and that expectation, I think you're really helping to make a healthy culture. And, you know, if I had a dollar for every time we said culture on this podcast, I wouldn't have to work. So um, on a greater level, I think what you're doing is really important. So, Jesse, before we leave you today, anything that you'd like to say to the thousands and thousands of colleagues out there that are listening, <laughs> they're looking for direction, they're looking for hope. You know, you guys are, are trying to raise the bar. You're trying to make some really good change in New York. But what about that person in Iowa? What about that person in Oregon or Texas? What is the words of advice that you'd like to leave them with today? It it really has to start with one voice. I it, the, the fact that um, it's taken this long for our 50, 60 years for our profession to, to get to a point where we want to uh, even acknowledge and appreciate the staff and, and the work and effort that goes in every day um, starts with that one voice. So getting involved and, and communicating uh, with your peers is something that's so important, especially in your, in your, in your uh, own facility, in your small facility. I think that creating the example that this can happen and is sustainable and, and will exist is what we strive to do every day. Um, we're trying to prove uh, prove everyone wrong that this is something that uh, is, again, too much time, too much effort, um, don't have the resources. I think it really just takes uh, one one voice uh, to, to change it all. Um, I think we're, we're a good example of that and um, wanna continue kind of spraying that in our space as long as we can. Right on, right on. Where can people go to find out more about this initiative and what you're doing at BondVet? Uh, they can go to bondvet.com. Uh, we have a bunch of blog posts and um, you can reach out through, through that website. Nice. Well, Viewfinders, what do you think about BondVet's nurse elevation program? Do you think this would work in your clinic? Do you like it? Do you not like it? What are, you, what are some of your advice you'd give for Jesse and BondVet? And more importantly, Viewfinders, what have you found that works in your clinic to help promote veterinary support staff, especially veterinary technicians? Yeah. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Veterinary Viewfinder. You can tweet Dr. Ernie at Vet Viewfinder. <laughs> Don't forget to um, click to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a chance, head over to Apple iTunes and just leave us a quick little short review and all five stars if you would. It really helps all of our colleagues hear more about these really important conversations like the one we had today with Jesse. Thank you again, Jesse, so much for being here. Of course, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the time. Making some change, making some noise for the good. Until next week, viewfinders, can't wait to talk to you. Bye. 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 <laughs> Shout out to all the Bombay clinics in Manhattan and, and Brooklyn and, and our future clinics that can't wait to get started and continue making change. No sleep till Brooklyn. Oh, no, no, no. You are fired. Oh, yes, probably. Um. <laughs>